Are you ready to open your private practice this summer and make the leap into entrepreneurship? Introducing Make the Leap, our new offering by the Successful Nurse Coaches. Make the Leap is a four-month group coaching program that is designed to help you create your first paid client. Join our experienced lead coaches, Sean and Amy, as they guide you through the Successful Nurse Coach Method, helping you create your first paid client in 30 days or less. Not only will you get access to our course that teaches you all the things on how to create clients in a non-icky way, will also be personalized mentorship, weekly group calls, and actionable steps to launch your business from just beginning into the Paid Coach Club. Since we are not running new mentorship groups this summer, we didn't want to leave those of you who are ready to begin hanging out in space waiting for the next group to start. This group is a great way for new coaches who have yet to begin their coaching practice or for coaches who have five paid clients or less. This is the most affordable way to work with our team. So be sure to check out the link in the bio. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby, both board certified nurse coaches, show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. We're so excited to be with you today. Today's going to be both Shelby and Laura, and we've decided to do something new. We are going to be answering just questions from our Facebook members. And I think we have six to eight questions that we're just going to each take a moment to, to answer. So this is totally unscripted, not planned, but this is what our community wants to know and is asking us. So Shelby, what is our first question and who is it from? Yeah. So our first question is from the wonderful Rachel Dick Plonka. And she uh, wrote in asking what our thoughts are about partnering for business since it is what we did, just hearing pros and cons and uh, our personal experience, how to go about it. And I get particularly fiery about nurse coaches wanting to partner in business. Uh, but Laura, I'm curious what you think first, because mine is mine's a pretty hot take. I don't want to come in super spicy <laughs> right off the top. <laughs> yeah, so I, I feel like you and I somehow got magically lucky because I, I know we know from talking to different attorneys, different coaches, our old strategist, that we have a very unique relationship and a really ideal relationship as far as as business partners. And we also doing our human design, if you look at our human design and you look at our two charts, like where we fill a lot of each other's missing spots. So mm -hmm. I think that business partnerships can be really, 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 really powerful. Um, but I also see nurse coaches wanting to partner early because they're afraid. And so I don't think that a partnership mm -hmm. should happen out of fear. And I think back to when we partnered and and the reason why I had this idea because we had both been getting asked from our cohort, like how to find clients. And I remember thinking, um, I'm a mom with a three and four year old with a husband that works all the time. And I fear 
having groups and having to miss a group call. So that was part of the reason why I think we wanted to partner together is we both had young children and husbands that were gone a lot. And looking back, yeah, that might have been out of a little bit of fear, but it wasn't fear that I couldn't do the job. It was fear that I couldn't fulfill the responsibility consistently, which I think is actually unfounded now that we've done this as long as we Mm -hmm. have. But what I see is that nurse coaches will, instead of going and doing something on their own, they'll partner to make it less scary, which isn't wrong. I don't know. It's it's like a really touchy (laughs) subject. (laughs) I know. Right? Because I've seen it go bad and good. I've seen like people partner up and I'm like, oh gosh, because you could just feel it's for the wrong Mm -hmm. reasons. But then I've seen other partnerships work magically too. So what right. is what was your spicy coming in hot? Yeah, in, in a similar thought um, of, I, it's not something that I really recommend, to be honest. Like, and I know that yeah. that's like maybe a little hypocritical because it's what we've done. But Laura and I were both in individual private practice for a solid year. Like we had each invested individually in our own growth, in our own in our own practice, in our own future. And then we were able to come together and create something really cool. And what I, the trend, what is common, I see a lot of the times is there will be a nurse coach that is doing really well and doing really well quickly. And then someone who is also also a magical human being, but hasn't put any skin in the game wants to jump on, wants to jump on Mm. their success. And I find myself being really protective of that because it won't work. It's energetically off balance. We even had a client recently that is a nurse coach, wanted to partner with another healthcare professional that is not a nurse coach, but also in the wellness field. And um, I think that they're, they make a great team, but I also told her that that person needs to invest in their own coaching to put equal skin in the game. Right. For, to, to equal success. So um, that's the only downside I see of, of partnering. There are like wonderful upsides to partnering, right? You don't have to do everything alone. You don't have to make decisions all by yourself. You have backup. You have someone you can trust. You have someone who gets it. And that person is a coach. Like it's freaking rad. So um, it's like everything that you could want in, in a partnership too. And nurse coaches are pretty good I like to think pretty good communicators. So that sets you up for a lot of success mm-hmm. uh, in yeah. a partnership because it's it's not like being married, but it's kind of like being married. Like there's <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of like just really honest conversations that you get to have when you have a partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that knowing the number one reasons why partnerships fail is the perception. It's similar to marriage. The perception that one partner's doing more than the other. Yeah. Money. Um, and so you know, Shelby and I have been very conscientious. We've been very conscious of our partnership, of setting it up in a way that no matter what happens, we've already pre-created a solution. So we don't have to think about the solution on the fly. Um I mean, even questions like what happens if one of us dies? What happens if one of us gets sick and can't work? What happens if one of us wants to go on maternity leave? What happens? Like, how do we set it up so that the other person always feels like it's fair? And that's an easy thing to do. But it's kind of like doing a, I guess it's similar to doing a prenup. You do your, your contracts like a prenup in a marriage. And then 
similar to a marriage, you sit down and you just create agreements about what your vision is for the future, who does what, who wants to do what, and then the constantly reevaluating and say, hey, this is not working for me, or can we change our agreements? Um, mm-hmm. So it can work. I just think it, it shouldn't work it, before you've had 10 or 20 paid clients. Honestly, I think that yeah. you need to have stood on your own before you lean into a partnership um, for it to be successful. Yeah. And I also think a really cool approach to partnering is to do a test run to where you don't necessarily get business married. You don't make it legally binding or, you know, you don't have to have all these conversations, but you can do like a test group, right? Where if you guys are interested in doing group coaching or a group thing, then you say, hey, I'll bring four clients to the table. You bring four clients to the table. We'll be responsible for our own payments and we'll yeah. see how it energetically flows, which is actually what we did for a really long time is operated under the same umbrella. But um, we still ran essentially two businesses under the successful nurse coaches for mm-hmm. in the beginning just to see is this what we want to do? Is this exciting long term? Um, just to have some like real life experience to go off of before we really took the plunge. And um, yeah, yeah, I recommend that approach to where like if you're it's like kind of like trying on a new ideal client to where if you wake up one morning, and you're like, I want to burn everything I've built to the ground <laughs> and and work with these other with, the, with these other clients, then um, like just go test it out, go test go coach three people around that pain point first and then make a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of same thing here. Try it on. See if, see if you both like it yeah. debrief and then come up with a plan moving forward. Um, yeah. I know that we're not really like selling it super hard <laughs> here to have a partnership, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't change ours for anything. It's, it's been yeah. really, really amazing. And I think that when you get to, conscious entrepreneurs that are on in the same investment level on the same page it can really be something super magical too yeah absolutely i just think it's kind of like similar to a relationship again and if you are heartbroken or you are lonely like that's not the best time to enter into a sacred relationship but if you're whole and you're healthy and you meet somebody and life is better with them as a business partner, that's great. So just checking in internally and making sure you're not looking for something for someone else to solve one of your own problems coming in pretty whole, mm-hmm. um, which is like having 10 to 20 paid clients, not being a brand, brand newbie entrepreneur before you create the partnership. Yeah. Yeah. So Rachel, I hope that answers your question a little bit. Um, let us know, let us know if we can elaborate a little bit better for you or if that brings up other questions. Um, our next one is with Joanne Whiteside and Joanne asks a really amazing question of how do you step into the authentic self personally and professionally, but also pay the bills, manage the house, the kids, the dogs, etc. Or is it a constant process with a continuous flow and change? Mm. And I had a chance to also ask Joanne a little follow-up question here. Um, and I said, what does the authentic self mean to you? Is there an inherent connection that you can't have both at the same time? She said, yes, I like peaceful order, pace, etc. And right now I'm feeling just overwhelmed with parenting three kiddos, having a dog and keeping the house from being 
um, all over sticky and out of sorts. I don't feel like I can move out and just visit my kids when it's convenient. I'm feeling like I've taken on more than I can handle gracefully in the attempt to be my most authentic self. It's a big question. What do you think, Shelby? Yeah, it's a big, it's a <laughs> big question. Um, I think that this is likely really common because like we hear this term authentic self and it's so unique to everybody, right? It's like your own thumbprint, whatever your authentic self means to you is completely mm-hmm. personal and, and unique. And it's, I don't know that you can honestly look to anybody else to copy what their authentic self looks like mm-hmm. and then have that then in turn feel real or completely real to you. And I, I'm still kind of, I'm still, and maybe I'm getting hung up on the wrong thing in this question here, but like, does her authentic self mean that that she has a lot of free time and a lot of downtime and a lot of space to just be? It sounds like maybe there's some some craving for um, some more reflection or just maybe even routine in her own business and and how how that goes. And Joanne, I know I'm probably filling in a lot of gaps here, so my apologies if I'm way off in left field. But I think that finding your authentic self it comes with action and with time. If I look or think back to when I was first a coach or really like any time before 25, I had no idea who I was like at all. (laughs) But, but there was a time when I was in my early twenties where I was like, I know what I'm doing right now doesn't feel in alignment. So I'm just going to start trying things on. And that led to travel nursing. And then that led, Mm -hmm. which was a little closer. Right. And then I, then it led to, um, you know, like getting married and moving across the country. And like, I feel like with every big transition in my life, I've gotten a little closer to my most authentic self, but nothing has been like such a catalyst like coaching has for me to get dialed in. Um, Mm. Because you really have to take a stand for what you, what you want. And that can ripple pretty powerfully into your life. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm really answering the question here. These are just my thoughts around <laughs> around that question. What, <laughs> what do you What do you got, Laura? Well, it's such a layered question. So I, I think that how do you be your authentic self everywhere all the time would be a, one question. And then how do you feel good when you have a big, full life? So I think that they're two separate questions. But if I think about being my authentic self in my everyday life, it looks like parenting the way that I want to parent without judgment and not caring what other people think. It means cleaning my house to a place that makes me comfortable, but not being a perfectionist about it. It means acknowledging when I'm overwhelmed and then scheduling time and asking my partner or or you, Shelby, or whoever I need to say, hey, I, I need time off. I also think that we have a perception of the way that life should be Mm, that mm -hmm. is never, it's never going to happen. So it's almost changing our thoughts and loving what is, Mm. you know, and, and my husband does this really, really, really well. Um, He's just more in the moment. He's more in the, in the present. He's less worried about all the to do stuff, which I admire. Um, So sometimes it's for me, it's trying to be more like him and I'm really creating my authentic self because Mm. there's room for improvement there. Yeah. Um, So 
big, big, bulky, layered question, but those are my thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And even as you were talking, I don't know what you said just now, but I think I have a little bit more clarity also because I know Joanne a little bit. We've spent some time together. Um, Yeah. But what I'm seeing Joanne write about here is that life potentially feels overwhelmed, right? She's, She's Max. She has a lot going on. And then also adding on creating this new career might feel like adding gasoline under the fire. So, and that comes with like, when I step into what I most desire, to what I most want, to what I know my heart wants, it feels like it's inviting potentially more chaos in. And that's, that's tough, right? Um, It's already tough. And then we're like, just (laughs) voluntarily like, yeah, come in toughness, come in complicated stuff, you know? Um, And I think that the discomfort you know will eventually outweigh the discomfort that is unknown in this department. Like there will just come a Mm -hmm. time where the discomfort of staying is much more painful than the potential chaos that stepping into your authentic self could bring in. Yeah. Um, And as, as two people who have walked that and done it, it's only hard temporarily. And then it's really so much easier on the other side. Yeah. It's worth it. It's 100% worth it. Um, so Joanne, again, if we just like butchered the heck out of your question here, feel free to tell us, follow up, <laughs> follow up with us. <laughs> but I, I hope that there is something there that uh, spoke to you. Um, our next question is from Amy Hughes. And I love this question too. She said, if you could pinpoint one thing, what was the most effective action you took for your business that propelled it forward and created consistent clients? So I'm thinking like Mm. rewinding back probably to that first six, 12 months. Yeah. I know for me, it was hiring my first business coach. And my first assignment was to have 90 conversations in 90 days. Mm. So my focus became pinpoint. That was the number one most important thing I needed to, to worry about. I didn't get to, to go down uh, rabbit holes of, on all the other things I had been perseverating on. And it was just how and who can I invite? And then when you're having 10 com- coaching conversations a week, you have clients. So mm-hmm. How do you invite 90 people into conversations? The truth is, is that if someone said, Laura, I'll give you a million dollars if you can have 90 conversations in 90 days, I would go stand out in public and just talk to people (laughs) until they said yes. Yeah. Right? So it it all has to do with your level of discomfort Mm -hmm. because it's totally physically doable to, to do this. And... Um, I think nurse coaches are looking, they always want people to come to them because it's more comfortable. And so they're always looking at what's, what marketing can I do? And what can I post? And what strategy can I use? And it's, and it's really the question, like, who can you talk to and invite? Mm -hmm. Period. Anywhere you go, everywhere you go, online, in person, on the airplane, in the sauna, at the gym, in the grocery store. That's the most important thing that you can do Mm -hmm. is to, to coach your ass off. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I wish that there was a different answer to this question, right? I wish that we... I do too. I do too. <laughs> like, I wish that that we could tell you, like, this secret moment that everything just started clicking into place. But the reality of it is, 
having these conversations or even the art of inviting people into conversations, you're planting seeds, right? So if you went out to a hundred people, you invited them all in and 15 people said yes, the other 85 still know what you do, right? You're, you're still like planted in their subconscious. So six months from now, it's going to feel all of the sudden, but it's not like those people, some of those people are going to come back and you're, yeah. and you know, like things, things just circle around. Um, and so that's all on purpose. Right. And I feel like hiring a coach was the thing that moved my business forward. Cause I didn't even get stuck in anything else in the beginning. Cause I just hired her. So like right out of the gate, mm-hmm. I didn't even mess around. And I did, ex- yeah. I did exactly what she said. Cause, uh, there was like, I didn't know any better. <laughs> she could have told me to jump off a cliff and I would have been like, okay, mm-hmm. that sounds great to me. Um, so it, yeah, hire a coach. And if you, if you hire us, listen to exactly what we tell you to do, but really it's how many people can you tell what you're doing? How many of them can you invite into a conversation? And that is the thing that will move your business forward today. And also six months from now, that's short yeah. game and long game. Yeah. Once we ever, if we ever find another way, we will promise to share it with <laughs> yeah, you guys. Yeah, we'll tell you. But um, it, it's really that simple. Yeah, we will tell you. Okay, Miss, the lovely, the wonderful Barbara Schultz. She says, I'd love mm. to know about aligning and becoming a vibrational match to higher possibilities in your business. And then kind of a secondary question here. Also, how to step out of the comfort zone confidently with faith and trust. Mm. Well, it's stepping out of the comfort zone that will create the confidence. So I don't know if you can confidently step out. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's a comfort zone for a reason. You can. Yeah. And I feel like what she's asking is, how do you hold the, the vibration of possibility so that your brain can feel it and step into it before you have proof or it's actually happened. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the way that you talk to yourself. So I think getting really, really curious about your own internal dialogue, because my internal dialogue was, this is going to work no matter what, this is going to work no matter what, Yeah, this is going to work no matter what. And, and then it became, I expect this to go better than planned. I expect this to go better than planned. It's going to continually go better than planned. And that was the radio that I listened to every single day, which I think raises your vibration and creates opportunities that you can't see. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly saying, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't even know if I'm that good. Mm. It all is how you talk to yourself internally. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then also, I think being in something that was really helpful for me that I didn't realize at the time was, and we do this with our mentorship and our preceptorship too, is we have you guys share the income that you make every month. One is kind of like a goal setting exercise, right? And a place to reflect. But whenever you see other people that are in the same container as you doing the thing you want to do, who might be three or six months ahead of you down the timeline, for me, that was just such a door opener of like, oh, Like what I thought was possible is actually really small compared to what is possible. So being kind of being the small fish in a big pond in the beginning was was helpful for me too. just because like I knew these women intimately. I knew that they weren't perfect or that they had it all together or that they were 
huge social media stars and they were doing the same exact work that I was and it was all working out. Um, but also in a similar, mm-hmm. a similar thought that this was the only thing that I was going to do. Like it was this or is this or bust. So this, this was going to work or, or I was going to go be a coffee barista somewhere. So that, that all in mentality was crucial for sure in the beginning. Still is. I, yeah. Say. Yeah. And I, I want to acknowledge that. Well, let me tell a quick story. So say that you, you bought a yellow VW bug because you really wanted a yellow car. And after you buy that bug, all you see on the road is other v- yellow VW bugs because your brain is aware of it. And so that's what you see. If you're in a group with other people and you're comparing yourself and the first thought is, that's never going to be me, then all you're going to see is all the reasons why it won't work. And if on the flip side of that, if you see somebody killing it and you're like, if she can do it, mm-hmm. I can do it. Or if he can do it, I can do yeah. it. All you're going to see is possibility. It comes so much back to mindset, the glasses from which you see the world. And it's okay if it's if it's it stinks sometimes. It's not going to be perfect all the time. Uh, but that's why having a coach calling yourself out and getting super curious on your own mindset is so important. Yeah. And then getting to the place where you expect it to work out. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like you're willing it to, or you're trying to, to attract things. You're not, it's not just affirmations. It's a deep knowing, almost a feeling that the success is already on its way mm-hmm. to you. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Our next our next question is from Taylor McGuire. And Taylor asks, if you could pick your top three pieces of advice for brand new nurse coaches starting out, what would they be? Specifically related to starting your own private Ooh. practice. Ooh, this, I'm going to pause for a moment here. That's a loaded because you have to pick three. Um, I will say one look at your money story Mm -hmm. and don't relent until it's completely revamped, refurbished and matches the reality that you're trying to create Two, um, focus less on what to do and focus more on who you want to be. It's your being that creates opportunities. It's not your actions. If you're being a successful nurse coach, you're going to naturally take a bunch of, of right actions. Um, I feel like a lot of times people want to do their way to success. So they just want a list of tasks that will create the, the practice of their dreams, but um, it's, it's who you're being and the change of your identity. And so really focusing on that. And number three would be getting super stingy with who you spend your time with. Um, and, and being aware of how family and friends affect you. I'll give an example. You know, in the early stages of your business, your well-meaning family and friends who are not entrepreneurs will six weeks after you launch say, oh my gosh, how's your business? Like, are you making money? How many clients do you have? And if you share any of your concerns with them, they're going to amplify mm-hmm. all your concerns. And so really only share your entrepreneurial journey with the right people who get it and that can support you in your mindset. And uh, the question 
how's your business going? No matter what's happening in your business, say, it's going so good. I'm so busy and excited. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) It's going so good. I'm so busy and so excited. That's all that you need to say because those well-meaning people in your life can be dream crushers and it can be really painful. And I've seen it derail people for Mm -hmm. weeks or months, just one interaction with somebody. So those top, those are my top three right now. And since there's two of us here, I'll, I'll give my top three so you guys can round it out to a nice yeah. six, six pieces of advice here. Um, all of those, especially the money story bit. That's such a such a big one. Um, I mean, obvious one. I'm going to say it again. Hire, hire the coach. Don't do this by yourself. This is like our mantra <laughs> that we say over and over and over again. So if you have not invested in the coach, do that. Also that if you have invested the coach and you are doing the work week after week after week and it isn't happening as fast as you want it to, I invite you to step back and see like how little time you've actually been in the game here. I support, we support a lot of nurse coaches that by like week seven, they kind of go through this like stamping their foot moment of like, it's not happening for me. Why isn't it happening for me? I thought it was going to be sooner. I thought I was different. I thought I wasn't going to have to go through all this bullshit to create, to create success. And it's always just like an invitation to step back, look at the big picture. If you look at any startup, week seven is not where you like draw any reliable statistics from. So keep, keep, yeah. keep that in mind. Um, and the third one is... That if you have taken the leap, if you are doing all the things and you are still wrestling with imposter syndrome, like you're not doing this work by accident. You didn't commit to this work by accident. You are not here supporting the person in front of you by accident. It is all on purpose. It is all on time. It is all divinely timed. And if you can trust that you are not actually in control here, that as a coach, you are just being conduit for healing it takes a lot of the pressure off to be perfect so you are you were born to be doing this type of work and the work will change and evolve over time of course but this is part of your purpose and if you can anchor into that it makes it makes riding the roller coaster at least a little bit more tolerable in the first year for sure Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We got one more, one more question on the docket here from, and Lindsay, I'm going to mess up your last name. Do you know how to say Lindsay Rove, V-L-A, how to say her last name? Vlaminic? I would just say Lindsay V because I, I think I know how to say it. I think it's just like that, but I also don't know. It's, it's me. It's not you. I promise. I'm not good at pronouncing sounding out (laughs) names. Um, This is a fun question to end on. She says, what do you like to do for fun when you are not coaching, working on your business? What brings you joy? Oh, how fun to answer that. I was, I read this question. uh, You want to go first on this one? I read this question. I was like, man, are they going to be bummed to find out that we're shockingly normal? Like that we're pretty regular (laughs) when we answer this question? Um, Oh. I mean, I love decorating my house. I love interior design. I love creating beautiful spaces. So 
that brings me so much joy. I love a good Ross trip, TJ Maxx trip, like alone with like a caffeinated drink. Sometimes I'll listen to a podcast in the store while I'm just perusing through magical treasure hunting moments. Um, that's one of my top. And believe it or not, I don't love normal vacations. <laughs> like laying on a beach drinking a Mai Tai is not my idea of a good time. Um, so I like going to events like self-development events. I just went to a yoga thing this last Sunday. So I like going to events. Um, and I love dancing at music festivals so hard that you get <laughs> blisters on your feet. It's been a while, but I would love to do some crazy, ecstatic, sweaty dancing to music yeah. soon. Yeah, you might have to. Well, maybe not. I, I have a lot of judgments about Tennessee where you live, but they are surprising me left and right. So maybe I should just put my put my foot in my mouth there. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I haven't been, but my current my new yoga studio has ecstatic dance oh, on well, Saturday night. Go. So that might be. Yeah, I just haven't been yet. It could ha- it, it could, could be, be the, thing. the thing. Yeah. Um, we live in Texas. My my parents have a boat and. It has been so unbelievably hot this summer, but usually we do spend way more time on the water. I remember growing up, like, I was on the swim team, and if I wasn't at practice, we were at the lake skiing and wakeboarding and doing all the things. Um, so Lake, lake Travis is where we spend a lot of our easy, easy fun time. Um, a funny story <laughs> about our boat. Um, about, so in January here in Texas, believe it or not, it's warm enough to at least go for a boat ride and, um, the water's still very cold, but you can, you can go peruse around. And it was a warm day. It was like 10 days before my heart surgery. And Laura, we got out on the lake and my dad almost sunk the boat in the middle of the lake and he forgot to put a plug back in somewhere. And the water was like literally, you know. 60 degrees the boat is slowly sinking as we're trying to get back to the marina and i was like if this is just not a metaphor for oh my, my life gosh. right now like i'm about to have open heart surgery and and the boat is sinking we're going to swim with my toddler in the winter to shore you know it was such a funny moment um yeah so anything related to the water is is my happy place and um we like to go on like fun vacations. Um, before I had my daughter doing, I like adrenaline based things, which is kind of hard to incorporate now (laughs) considering, uh, I have an aneurysm repair, but, uh, (laughs) that was, I like, I've been skydiving and, and just really anything for the thrill of it has always been something that I pursue and something that I chase, but like the normal everyday fun stuff for us is, like, I really like to watch true crime YouTube videos. And I really like to watch dumb TV shows. Or, like, me and my husband are re-watching Glee right now. He's never seen it. I'm re-watching Glee with him right now. Like, just, like, late. That's how, that's how I turn my brain off to not think about coaching all of the time. Uh, I really like to cook. I like cooking good food. I'm an earth sign. I'm a Taurus. I love to eat. I love to eat great food, which living in Austin is really, really wonderful for that. Um, but yeah, we're just like pretty normal people. Like I, I wish, I wish we could answer this question. Like, oh yeah, I go skydiving every Saturday, 
and my life is a wild roller coaster all the time. But, um, yeah, I have, we, we both have young kids and, uh, I'm pregnant. So like that is kind of the, the zone that we're in at the moment. Um, but I was talking actually with, with my husband recently, I was like, there are some, like, I want to put some trips on the calendar to do within like the next 10 years. And, um, renting a houseboat on Lake Powell is one of them. If Lake Powell still has water in it in the next five years, because I hear it's decreasing quickly. Um, where, where is that's Lake in Utah. Powell? Yeah, where is in Lake Utah. Powell? Yeah. Ah, um, okay. Well, I'm down for that. Yeah, heck yeah. We'll get us. some jet skis. We'll It'll be a great time. Um, and then also visiting, yeah. visiting some national parks is, is where I want to go next. Um, and so yeah. that's, that's what we do for fun. Like this weekend, we're likely going to Schlitterbahn. Have you heard of Schlitterbahn? It's like the world's biggest water park. Yeah. Oh, like, I want to go. Yeah, I love water parks. Water parks. Yeah, it's are like awesome. an hour from us, so we're we're gonna go do that. Hopefully, not get too hot. But and also, yeah, anything woo woo, you'll get my attention. So that's uh, if you're burning some sage, I can sniff it out, and you will you will find me there. But that's that's what we do for fun. But like honestly, some of the most fun weekends, and this is just so cheesy to say, is when Laura and I get to spend like a weekend shut in a room somewhere working working <laughs> so <laughs> it's so fun that was so fun i just booked my <laughs> yeah, flight for november yeah. shelby today and i'm like oh i can't wait to fly in with our snacks yeah. and our laptops uh, so i mean this is we're it's super so lucky fun. that like work also brings us so much joy to even to where like it's a pretty much it's still very intentional for both of us to make sure that we take time off and take time with our families. Cause that's why we created a lot of our, or a lot of the reason why we created our business. Um, and just so that we don't, you know, get burned out. We need to protect our, protect our bandwidth, but yeah. So that is, that is the last question that we have. I like that question a lot. Um, I was, would it be like anything else to say, Laura? I usually say that at the end of podcast, but we weren't talking about a particular thing. <laughs> I mean, I guess what I would say to our listeners is to shoot us an email, um, info at thesuccessfulnursecoaches.com, if there is a topic that you want to see more developed. I have a list of topics, and uh, we always try to pick something that's more timely, not something mm -hmm. that's pre-planned, not something that's canned or rehearsed. And so if there's something happening in our community, we usually pick something and run with it. So just give us a shout out, and we will do another one of these and answer your question. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with us and listening to us. And we will see you back. See you later, week. team. Bye.